0: Uh, Our reading uh, this morning is is taken from John's Gospel, uh, John chapter 1. Uh, You can find it on page 1,109 of most of the Pew Bibles, 1,109, it's also on the screen. Let us hear God's Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. But the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. Amen. May God add his blessing. To the reading of his word
1: thank you doug for reading and praying so well now christmas is approaching and put up your hands if you've put up the decorations at home some of us done that only some of us oh wow you guys are taking your time christmas shopping done anyone no well not me i hate shopping so not going to worry about that. Who feels a bit stressed out during this time, during this season? Some of you? Yeah, it is quite a stressful time, quite a busy time for, I suspect, all of us. And that is why over the next few weeks, for us as a church and for us as believers, to spend some time each Sunday for us to actually prepare our hearts for Christmas. You see, in the hustle and bustle of Christmas, it's so easy to just miss out on the deep wonderful glorious message of Christmas and so over the next few weeks we'll be focusing on this theme the Christmas we have to have we have to have this we need it and each week we'll be looking at how Christ has done something for us in coming that first Christmas he comes to reveal God he comes to save us he comes to defeat death He comes to bring us home and he comes to give us peace. So those will be the topics we'll be covering over the next few weeks. It's good for our hearts to be prepared because it's so glorious. We don't want to miss out and we don't want to restrict and and make Christmas such a small thing, just a nativity scene that is cute and nice. We want to understand the deep, glorious message of Christmas. And so as we reflect on this passage this morning, let's join our hearts in prayer once again. Heavenly Father, we do pray that as we celebrate Christmas, help us to not miss out on the glorious, wonderful, magnificent story that Christ would come to be with us that first Christmas. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, over the last few decades that I've been alive, which is uh, not too many, even in my time, Christmas has changed so much in big ways, and I suspect you might feel the same in your Christmas just over the last few decades. One of the biggest ways in which I've seen Christmas changed is the way society speaks now about Christmas, and I suspect it's just because of political correctness. You know, growing up, Christmas time, we would greet each other Merry Christmas, Happy Christmas, because it is Christmas. That's what you say at Christmas time. But increasingly, and I suspect it is just because of political correctness, it's more now season's greetings. I wonder whether that's your experience, whether that's what you see and what you hear. The first time I felt that shift at Christmas was about 12 to 13 years ago when I was still working for the government. It was Christmas time, everyone was going off on holidays for the Christmas break the chief of our department, he sent an email out to order staff just wishing us well for this Christmas time, but he not once mentioned Christmas in his greetings. He said, in this festive season, hope you have a good, safe time with your family and friends and on holidays. It's a season's greetings, festive season. Not one mention of Christmas, and I found that so bizarre. Is it not Christmas that we're celebrating? Why do you avoid using that word? And I suspect it's happening even today. Increasingly, the other week I went to Box Hill and this was what I saw. This is the banner they have up, uh, the decorations. And what do you notice there? It is season's greetings. But yet notice those other two words there. Season's greetings and hopefully you will get joy and peace thrown in as well this morning let me ask you where do you get joy and peace can you get joy and peace without Christmas can you get joy and peace without the Christ of Christmas And so what do you say what do you believe now our society the secularists would say well of course you can you know you don't need God you don't need Christ You don't need religion for joy and peace in fact that's what the philosophers say Nietzsche 19th century philosopher he famously declared God is dead we don't need God or Sigmund Freud he said God is just a projection of the mind a product of wishful thinking I mean that is how society has gone and we see this in our most recent Australian census the number of Australians who identify with no religion at all has been increasing over the years. But yet there are still about 14% who claim to be spiritual but not religious. Interesting, isn't it? I'm spiritual but I'm not religious, which means they're still searching. They're searching for meaning, for purpose in life. They just don't want God to be in the picture. And that is why... I think we see more of this type of greeting, season's greetings, instead of Merry Christmas. Because people still desire, they still want, they still long for the things of God. Joy, peace, love, belonging, acceptance. They are the things of God, but they just don't want God in the picture. And so life becomes like this endless searching For so many, so many people just searching, searching, searching in life for the things of God, but never finding it because they never find God. They leave Christ out of Christmas. They leave Christmas out of Christmas. And so what do you think we are to make of this today as Christians? Well, though so many in our world don't want God in the picture, we just can't get God out of the picture. It's, it's unavoidable. God is God. And it's because we have all embedded, all of us, and I suspect this is true, all of us, we have embedded in the deepest part of our souls, a genuine longing for eternity. We are longing for something more, a desperate longing for the divine, to touch the divine. I still remember as a young kid before I became a Christian I still remember it just made natural sense to me as a young kid that there must be more to life than being born living then dying and then being eaten by the worms there must be more to life than that even as a young kid there's this sense of eternity there must be someone bigger greater beyond us and so I felt that sense of eternity as a young kid and I suspect all people have that type of longing. there must be more there must be more wanting to know is there a god who is above us beyond us who might even love us is there someone out there a few decades ago nasa that space agency wanting to in a sense fulfill this natural human longing is there more out there do you know what they did They they, they thought, well, there must be more out there, must be more than just life on Earth. And so they were seeking for bigger answers from outer space. And so in 1977, NASA sought these answers from outer space. They launched two spacecraft just like this, Voyager 1 and Voyager 2. And on each of these spacecraft, they carried one of these records, the Voyager Golden Record. Now, what do you think was embedded, or recorded, on that record? Well, it contained images and sounds of animals and things from Earth, from nature, and from songs from different eras as well. What do you think NASA was searching for in putting this record on those spacecraft and sending them out into outer space? Well, they're probably hoping that they might find aliens out there somewhere. But what do you think it shows about the human heart? Why were they searching for aliens? Why look for them? Well, I suspect it's that same feeling I had as a kid, that sense of eternity. There must be something more. There must be someone greater, perhaps the divine, the transcendent, the infinite. Well, on this record, they also recorded greetings from 59 languages. In Hebrew, the greeting was peace, shalom. In Welsh, it was this, good health to you now and forever. In Hungarian, this was the greeting. We are sending greetings in the Hungarian language to all peace-loving beings in the universe. Isn't that strange? What does that already presume? But it is that natural longing. There must be more out there. There must be someone bigger, greater, beyond us. But then the greeting in English, I found this fascinating. Now what do you think that greeting in English was? G'day mate. No, it wasn't that. (laughs) It was this. Hello from the children of planet Earth. Does that sound bizarre to you? I found it so fascinating. Why is that our greeting? What does that assume? What does that show about the human heart, or at least the heart of those who work at NASA? Well, it in fact confirms our natural longing, this sense of eternity on our hearts, that there must be someone bigger than us. It shows this desperate longing for more, this desperate longing to belong. Maybe we're children of someone bigger. I mean, this greeting is just fascinating. Children of perhaps even aliens, that's nonsense, but it shows something of the human heart. It shows that we actually want more than season's greetings. We are in our innermost, we want to connect with the divine. We want a Merry Christmas, not a season's greeting. And so how do you go about finding God? How do you go about finding someone beyond us, bigger than us? How do you go about finding the source of joy and peace that is promised at Christmas? How do you go about finding the source of hope and love and belonging? Well, in 1961, Yuri Gagarin, the Russian cosmonaut, the first human to journey into outer space, after he returned, the first secretary of the Communist Party, Nikita Khrushchev, He's, an, he's a communist, which means they're atheists, and so that's how they wanted to set up the Russian society that it's atheistic, God does not exist. We belong to the communist party. And so when Yuri Gagarin returned, he said, he said this. Gagarin flew into space and didn't see God. But how do you go about finding God? How do you go about fulfilling that? longing sense we all have in ourselves that sense for eternity to connect with the divine to find the source of joy and peace and belonging well that is why it is merry christmas not season's greetings that is why it is merry christmas it's the christmas we have to have because christmas speaks of the god who can never be discovered by us. You might go finding him with all your energy and heart and mind. You'll never find God. He is God. He is beyond us, above us. Even if we were to travel, if at all possible, to the edge of the universe, we will never find God that way. But at Christmas, what happened? You see, our search for God ended. Our search for God ended ended because at Christmas something miraculous happened something earth-shattering happened the creator entered into his creation as a baby in a manger with flesh and blood and bones and fingernails as a human You see, that's what we see in our passage in John chapter 1. That's what we see a glimpse into the divine, the eternal, the transcendent, the infinite, the one bigger, greater, better than us in every way. And what do we read in verses 1 and 2? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And so what we're seeing here is that this word of God is at the same time separate from God, but yet at the same time also God. Now, how do, you, how do you do that? How does that happen? Well, this word of God is God's own fellow. He's in fellowship with God, but yet he is also God's own self. How do you make sense of that? well this is giving us an insight into the god we worship he is complex he's bigger greater better than us in every way he's not simple and this is what we christians call the trinity it is complex three persons in one how do you do that but that is god the father god the son and god the spirit god is complex but yet we read on and we see that this god is also super powerful absolutely powerful all of creation all that our eyes can see to the edge of the universe all was created by this God he made everything look at verses 3 and 4 through him all things was made that has been made without him nothing was made that has been made in him was life and that life was the light of men and so this this word of God it's it's like god's self-expression as god speaks he reveals himself he expresses himself and so this word of god is god's self-disclosure to know god is to see this word to hear this word of god that comes from god and if you think about it just on a human level that's how we get to know each other when we speak to each other when we spend time in fellowship with each other i mean you probably don't know much about me until i tell you about myself disclose myself to you i mean if i didn't tell you that i'm not a fan of gardening you probably wouldn't know that or you probably would anyway you look at our garden you think yeah he's not a fan of gardening but you see i have to speak to reveal myself and that was what god has done this word that is god enters into human existence the creator in his realm enters into our realm the realm he created creation and he's come to help us see that our search for God has ended no more thinking no more dreaming you don't need to go to the mountains to the temples you don't need to go anywhere to find God because God has come and that is what Christmas is about Jesus Christ God the Son comes to reveal God the Father. And now, verse 14, that's what we see. The Word, who was eternal before all things, created all things with God, is God. This Word, verse 14, the Word became flesh, entered into our existence. It's where we get the word incarnation from. It's Latin, incarno, that is to become flesh, made flesh. And what did He do? He came in the flesh. And made his dwelling among us that is he tabernacled amongst us in the Old Testament you see the only way you come in the presence of God was at the tabernacle which moved around that was where the glory of God dwelt amongst his people but here Jesus the Word of God came and tabernacled amongst us which means if you see Jesus you see God if you hear Jesus you hear God You see the powers of Jesus, you see the powers of God. And that's why when Yuri Gagarin, that Russian astronaut, when he went into space, he couldn't find God that way. Of course you can't. You can't go into space and think that you'll find God. Now, during that time, C.S. Lewis, that that wonderful author, the Christian author, who, who lived around the time of the first space travel, He wrote an essay addressing this the article is called the seeing eye and he goes on to say just brilliantly he said you can't go into space to find god that is just nonsense that will be like reading all of shakespeare's plays and hoping that you'll find shakespeare as one of the characters in his plays i mean it just doesn't make sense if you watch a play of shakespeare shakespeare's not in it he's the author behind it but he's not a character in it and so in the play macbeth you're not going to meet shakespeare anywhere or anytime in the play in the story that's because shakespeare is the author of the play he's in a different realm and so you see c.s law is very clever in showing that god is in a different realm he's the creator He's outside creation, not inside creation. And so even if we were able to travel to the edge of the universe, you'll not be able to find God that way because the edge of the universe is still part of this creation that God has made. And so how would anyone inside a play like Shakespeare, how would anyone inside a story find out about the author? how can that be possible how might for example in the play Macbeth how might he ever find out that there is a Shakespeare how can that be possible well the only way it can be possible is if Shakespeare writes himself into his story the only way if is if Shakespeare reveals himself and writes himself into his story and so, when the author becomes a character in his story, that's when Macbeth can meet Shakespeare. That's the only way. If Shakespeare writes himself into his own story, you, know, you see, the, the play would have the fingerprints of Shakespeare all over the place, the language he uses, the, the poetry that he uses, but they won't meet Shakespeare until he becomes a character in his own story. Now, didn't something far greater than that? happen at Christmas the word of God God himself the author of all things wrote himself into his own story wrote himself into his own play he made himself vulnerable in his story like any other human being who would feel pain who would feel sorrow and heartache and even cry he would open himself in his own story open himself up to mockery and derision and scorning he would even write himself into the story as a baby a helpless hopeless baby born in a manger with flesh and blood in his own creation he writes himself into his own story so human perfectly human that he The creator could even die isn't that what happened at Christmas the author of creation has become a character in creation I mean this is far more significant than the first man on the moon remember that time some of you do because you're older than me I don't (laughs) but the first man on the moon we thought that's a big achievement and it was But it's not like Christmas. I mean, the man on the moon will be just like Shakespeare in his play moving to a different country. You're still in the same realm. You're still in creation. But what happened at Christmas is the inbreaking of one realm to another, from creator to creation. And the author, he comes into his story. He comes along and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life no one comes to the father except through me he writes himself into his own story and he speaks to the characters in that story i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me you see that's what happened at christmas and so it is the christmas we have to have our search for god has ended No more meditating, going to the mountains, none of that stuff. Our search for God has ended. Our search for the divine, our longing for eternity, for the infinite to touch the infinite has ended. God the Son, Jesus Christ, has come into this world, the creator, into the creator, to reveal God to us. And that's what we see in verse 18, our last verse there. No one has ever seen God, but God the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. This is not only our search for God that has ended, our desperate longing, our desperate longing can now be fulfilled. That longing for joy and peace and hope and belonging and acceptance can now be fully fulfilled. You see that the hope and peace we hope from seasons greetings no I mean you don't get that from seasons greetings that's just empty promises it is fake but with Christ in Christmas it becomes true our longing for joy and peace and love and belonging and acceptance it all becomes true at Christmas and that's why God wrote himself into his story we now get to meet the author the source of all things the source of all life at Christmas we get to meet the author but just like let's just say if Shakespeare did write himself into the story of Macbeth he's a character now in Macbeth and he comes along to Macbeth and he says hey Macbeth you know what? I'm Shakespeare. I'm the author of this play that you're in. I'm the one who created you. I designed you, I thought you up. You're wearing what you're wearing because of me. You're thinking what you're thinking because of me. You're doing what you're doing because of me. Now, how do you think Macbeth in that story would respond to this Shakespeare character? He'll think, you're a nutcase, man. <laughs> You created me? What are you thinking? You're just a character in this play. He doesn't even know that he's a character. That's just real life to them. But you're a nutcase. What are you talking about? And Macbeth will probably kill him like he killed the others. Lady Macduff. That's all I know about Macbeth anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And so in one sense, that's what happened with Jesus. The author of life... Of all things, has now entered into his own story. Now, of course, people are going to find that hard. I mean, he's saying, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. What are you, a nutcase? Are you crazy? The creator in his own creation. People are just not going to accept that. They will continue to reject that. And that's why people still proclaim season's greetings. Because they are rejecting that. And that's what we see. Look at verses 10 and 11 now. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. But now he comes that longing for joy and peace and love and hope and belonging and acceptance like no other. The creator now in his own creation, he now says, of course some will reject me. They'll think I'm crazy. But for those of you who believe in me, you will have the right to become children of God. Your life now will belong not just to this world, but to the author's world, to the creator's world, if you believe in me. You can become a part of the author's life. And that's what we see, verses 12 and 13. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Now, if that is what the author of life has offered... What the creator has come to do. Why this nonsense of sending these records into outer space and say, we're your children? That is just silliness. That is nonsense. Hello from the children of planet Earth. Nonsense. You see, this is the Christmas we have to have. The search has ended. Jesus has come to reveal God to us and the longing is fulfilled we can now belong to God the author of life as his children and so this Christmas it can really be a different Christmas a Christmas that is deep and lasting in meaning Merry Christmas not season's greetings and it is Merry Christmas because the God you have been searching for, the longing that you have in your heart can all now be fulfilled fully. The author has entered into his own story. The creator has entered into his own creation. Jesus born from a woman, by a woman, whom he created. Doesn't that just blow your mind? He created that woman, but yet he's born of her and is carried by her hands that he the creator formed doesn't that just blow your mind the wonder and miracle of christmas and so if you are a christian this christmas let it not be superficial it is so glorious remember this and let it cause you to worship that savior even more so the author has come but if you're not a Christian we want you to celebrate Christmas rightly merry Christmas not season's greetings and so my encouragement to you if you are not a Christian is to also not let it be so superficial presents and parties not that they're bad but it's not just that but reflect on this the king of heaven exchanged his throne for a cradle. The almighty swaddled himself in, with vulnerability. The creator entered his own creation. The author put himself on the page. The infinite became an infant. The giver became the gift. This Christmas, let it be a deep and meaningful Christmas for you. And it will be if you... Read that, know that, and believe that. And it will be Merry Christmas indeed. Let's pray.